Hallelujah. Well, this is Reverend Nessie of New Birth Ministries, and I'm hoping that everyone can hear me. And I would like to thank you for coming on today to listen to the Word of God, to see what the Lord has to say to us today. Today is Sunday, May 16th, 2021. Amen. Hallelujah. And I must be on because if I wasn't, my daughter would let me know that I wasn't on. Amen. Anyway, I hope that your day is going good for you. Hallelujah. God is good. He woke us up this morning. He didn't have to, but he did. And that is the first reason, one of the first reasons to give him thanks. Amen. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I am going to discuss something today. And I entitled it Satan in the Holy Place. Amen. Satan in the Holy Place. And I'll be taking it from Zechariah 3. Hallelujah. So if you want to turn to your Bible, turn your swords to Zechariah, Z-E-C-H-A-R-I-A-H 3. Amen. And I will get into that as soon as we invite the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, who is our teacher, and he is our comforter and our guide and our best friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We praise you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. We adore you, and we make known to you our adoration and love this day. We bless you, Elohim, creator of heaven and earth, who is in the beginning, God of might and strength, we bless you. We bless you, El Shaddai, the God Almighty of blessings. You are the one who nourishes and supplies. You are all bountiful, all sufficient. Hallowed be thy name. We bless you, Adonai, Lord and Master. You are Jehovah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh the one who sees my needs and provides for them, all of us. Hallelujah, hallowed be thy name. We bless you, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, the one who makes bitter experiences sweet. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord, our sanctifier. You set us apart for yourself, and we thank you. Hallelujah, hallowed be thy name. We bless you, Jehovah Nisi. You are our victory, our banner, and our standard. Your banner over us is love. Amen. When enemy comes in like a flood, you will lift up a standard against him for us. Thank you. Jehovah Shalom. We bless your name. You are our peace, the peace which transcends all understanding. You told us in your word that you are going to give your children a place of peace in their lives. Thank you for sending Jesus to us, who is our peace, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. Amen. We love you, Lord. We love you. We bless you, Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. Jehovah Roi, our shepherd. Hallelujah. Jehovah Shammah. 
the one who will never leave us or forsake us. You're always there with us. Hallelujah. I take comfort and am encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is our helper. Hallelujah. We will not be seized with alarm for whatever the, whatever the enemy sends our way. We will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to us? Hallelujah. We worship and adore you, El Elyon, the Most High God, who is the first cause of everything, the possessor of the heavens and earth. You are the everlasting God, the great God, the living God, the merciful God, the faithful God, the mighty God. You are truth and justice, righteousness and perfection, and we love you. Without you, we would be nothing. You are El Elyon, the highest sovereign of the heavens and earth, Hallowed be thy name. Father, you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you've magnified your word above all your name. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and his name is Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Hallowed be thy name. Yeshua, Yahushua, your name is beautiful. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, use me and say something that someone may need to hear today. Thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. So turn your swords to Zechariah 3. Amen. And I title I entitled Satan in a Holy Place. And it starts out with a vision of Joshua the high priest. I'll read Zechariah 3 1 down to 3.10. Zechariah 3.10. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said unto him, And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And Zechariah 3, 5 says, And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt judge also judge my house and shall keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon the stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In one day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. Amen. And may God give a blessing to the reading of his word. It's always a blessing whenever you read God's word. Amen. 
Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. I, I like this. Um, Zechariah chapter 3 starts out saying, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and, and Satan standing at the right hand to resist him. You see, Satan standing at the right hand of God. Are you guys hearing to stand at the right hand of God resisting the man of God? Okay, this is letting us know that Joshua, the high priest, was improperly clothed for ministry in unclean garments, as we read um, in the uh, scripture above. Uh, For all of us, and all of us that have ministries, regardless of what kind of ministry you have, okay, uh, we need to know that there's a certain way to carry ourselves if you call yourself being a minister of the Most High. Okay, now, some people, I'm not talking about everybody that has an ordination or or papers hanging on a wall or anything like that. If you are going to call yourself doing the work of God's heavenly kingdom, we have to be properly dressed, not just physically, but spiritually as well. Know your stuff. Know the word. Study God's word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not asking anybody to become bored uh, because, you know, ministry is not boring. It's actually enjoyable to do the ministry of God for the kingdom of the Most High God. But there are proper ways that we must act and carry ourselves. Um, This is not just for the ordained, as I said. Uh, The Bible says that we, I know you've heard this a million times, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen. Godly living will always arouse the antagonism of the ungodly. So look for it. When you're living godly, the devil is going to find something to come up against you with. Amen. In this case, he came up against Joshua for the way he was dressed. Amen. Hallelujah. But God forgave him and and he changed Joshua's clothing. Amen. How many ministers... Do you see nowadays who are also not properly dressed for ministry? This is an attraction for the devil. Amen. We have to we have to rep as don't they say rep? We have to rep the kingdom properly. This scripture shows us that Joshua was not properly dressed for ministry. God forgave him and dressed him properly. Notice that in the New Testament, God did not redress John the Baptizer, though, right? That's New Testament. Jesus had come and, in fact, was in his mother's stomach at the same time that his cousin John was in his mother's stomach. One thing, though, to remember is that John is known to have had a somewhat wild appearance, okay, but not a provocative appearance as we do today. Amen. John was about his father's work, about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Baptizing people preparing them, making the way straight. Amen. Satan was actually trying to resist the restoration of the priestly ministry because of Joshua. He was dressed impurely, and Satan still does this today. Satan will go straight to the courts of heaven and call out your pedigree. Revelation warns us of this by calling him the accuser of the brethren. And this is, Satan, this is what Satan does. He accuses people and accuses people. He always finds something wrong with someone. Have you ever heard someone talking? Have you heard a conversation? Um, have you ever heard a conversation with people talking? And you're thinking to yourself, is there anything positive about this conversation? I mean, can they say anything nice? Um, have you ever seen that or experienced that? 
and or, or they're they're constantly nagging or talking about someone, it's a, and you barely hear them uh, laughing or or giggling or having a good time, unless it's on someone else's expense. I've seen it before, and it's horrible. Amen. Revelation calls him the accuser of the brethren. So don't think what you're doing is not seen by God or at least heard of by him. Satan will tell your business. That's why we should be covered by the blood of Jesus. So that when Satan goes and tells your business to God, the Lord will rebuke him like he did here in Zechariah for Joshua. God told him, he said, they are covered by my son's blood. I rebuke you, Satan. Mind your business, not mine. Amen. In other words, he's telling him, get in your own lane, not my lane. Amen. Hallelujah. As we should say, get underneath our feet. Amen. Because he is underneath our feet. How many ministers? Now, I'm going to get on this, this subject because it, it needs to be said. Um, there's, there's too many people out there now in, in a body of Christ who are, who are preaching um, light and fluffy messages and, and everything's okay messages, and they're afraid to hit certain topics because they don't want to be persecuted. But there are topics that we must hit. God, say the Bible says God's word corrects okay, and chastises. Well, it all at the same time, it shows love, amen, but we have to also correct one another, amen. If you see your brother or sister doing something that is too worldly, something too much like the world, okay, you say a little word to them, amen. And, and, and how many ministers do you see nowadays who are not dressed properly for ministry? I've seen it, and I'm sure you have as well, okay? We have become a very perverse generation, and we've accepted so much of the world that sometimes Christians seem blinded to their actions, which duplicate the world instead of Jesus. We're supposed to be an example for the world. The world is not, to be, not supposed to be an example for us. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to duplicate Jesus. And you can bet the farm on it that Jesus didn't go around showing his panty lines and his chest hairs on purpose as he was ministering the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. There was none of that in there in his ministry. Do you remember in the 60s or the 70s where male entertainers used to wear their shirts down very low so that people can see their chest hairs? I don't know how many of you remember that. I remember that. Provocative clothing is just that, provocative, to attract the opposite sex, or sometimes nowadays even the same sex. Amen? We're not trying to attract people to us. Okay, Christians, ministers, we're not trying to attract people to us. We want to attract people to Jesus Christ. Um, I've seen videos where people were making videos and, and they played with their hair and, 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 and their eyelashes and I played with themselves so much in the video that I'm wondering, are they, you know, dress rehearsing for something or are they given the word? Amen. And you can tell when a person is provocative, uh, another person, uh, when a female is provocative, a male can pick that up. And if a male's trying to be provocative, a female can pick that up, and vice versa. Amen. You cannot hide evil. Amen. With female preachers wearing those very high heels on their shoes, also they have to realize that, uh, or at least do research and find out that men created the dressing apparel for women to wear in order for women to be attractive, quote unquote, to them. So women, when you're wearing that junk. Um, that the world offers, 
Okay, you were literally wearing what was created for you to be provocative, sexual, perverted versions of clothing and so forth. Amen. When you put on something, you have to ask yourself, would I look like this for Jesus? If Jesus asked me to meet him somewhere to have a nice meal, if he said, come and dine, <laughs> hallelujah, come and dine, would I dress like this? And men say the same thing. Would you dress like that? The height of the heel on a woman's shoe was made higher because men who created the high heel <laughs> found that the heel actually makes the ladies' backs slope, which causes their rear end to stick out in a sexual way. Now, what does that tell you about the women in the pulpit nowadays who dress like women of the night instead of women of the day? Amen? Clothes are too revealing, and they startle your mind and cause one to not focus on the Word of God and the kingdom of heaven because it causes your mind to drift to self, that flesh. Amen? When I'm preaching God's Word, I do not want to try to attract someone to me through my flesh. I love God too much. Amen? God's people need to dress in, do not need to dress impurely. In fact, I question those who dress with holy blue jeans. And then again, and this is, now this is just me, okay? I'm not saying that the people who wear them are going to go to hell or anything like that. It's just the way I feel. And I'm getting ready to give you scripture as to why I feel that way, okay? I know that God says don't look on the outside because he looks on the inside, amen? That was said um, in uh, early scriptures about David, okay, King David, uh, when he was a little child at that time. He told God told Samuel that don't look on the outside. I look at the heart. I look on the inside, right? My question is, why would someone represent the kingdom of heaven with holes in their clothes on purpose? I'll say that again. Why would someone represent the kingdom of heaven with holes in their clothes, comma, on purpose? God gives us riches and blessings. The psalm says that the Lord is our shepherd and we're not going to want. The word tells us that God will not allow our clothes to be too worn. Now watch this. Okay, Deuteronomy. If you want to write this down or turn to it, Deuteronomy 8, 1 um, to 5. And then I'll read 29, Deuteronomy 29, 3 to 6. Okay, it reads like this. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, and to know what was in your heart, whether we would keep his commandments or not. We, we spoke about this a couple Sundays ago. And this says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knowest, uh, knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word proceeds out of the mouth um, of the Lord does, a man, does man live. And then Deuteronomy 8, 4 says, Thy raiment, raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. How could these people be traveling in the wilderness for 40 years and their shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out? That's God. Now, if the Israelites um, didn't look junky or tacky or holy and with all that we'll say mess quote unquote that, that they had to go through why are we doing it today where did that come from i think in my heart i believe 
okay, and I'm not trying to make everybody else believe this, but it makes God look bad. It makes God look like he's not taking care of you. You can't afford material. <laughs> Amen. And then Deuteronomy 8, 5 says, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Okay, now I'll go to Deuteronomy 29, 3, 2, 6. It says, the great, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, see, the temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles, yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. And I have led you these 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you and your shoes are not waxen old upon your foot. There it is again. Deuteronomy 28, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and Deuteronomy chapter 29. And then 29, 6 says, ye have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk wine or strong drink that ye might know that I am the Lord, your God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I feel the way I do. That is why God says to be holy for I am holy. Folks, we're getting the wrong holy. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're getting the wrong H-O-L-E. That's why we're getting the wrong holy. Because if we are holy, Satan cannot bring up the fact that we are impure standing in the pulpits of the church. Amen. We used to take people off the streets who had holy clothes and give them new clothes. Remember those days? I believe that, look, watch it. Would you take somebody off of the streets, somebody who's living on the streets and they're sleeping under newspapers or whatever rains on them and their sun's burning them up? Would you take them off the streets, give them a shower, okay, um, and, and give them a nice meal, but dress, but dress them in holy clothes? Jesus, would you do that? I believe that the Christian mind is too swayed by the designs of the world. Parents are afraid to stop their children from dressing that way. And the next thing you know, they get used to it and they start buying the very same clothes themselves. And you know what? These grown women and men on TikTok who dress crazy and sing in fake microphones, dancing crazily, please stop. What is so crazy is when these worldly companies invent something for children and parents take over. What, what is that? Did you know that Facebook was designed for young people? If any of you remember, years ago, it was for kids. Facebook was designed for young people. It was designed by school and college students for school and college students. I remember. Parents began to use it, so they decided to put ads on it and, and games like spades and poker. <laughs> now, what was created for kids is being used by parents with charge cards. Get it? Parents with charge cards. They use the children to draw in adults. Somebody did. Somehow, somebody flipped that table. Amen. Satan had to be humbled by God just as he should be humbled by us as well, because we have the power of God within us. I tell you that every day, all the time. I tell you that on online. I tell you that on Sundays when I'm preaching and teaching like this, this is a perfect example of divine reproof. Satan's work was rebuked by the creator. Therefore, we shouldn't accept it either because he's underneath our feet. He tries to make it look like he has power over you, but only you would either believe it or reject it. Amen. We, like Joshua, are cleansed of our sin, and we should never allow it to come back. Sweep your house clean and keep it clean. Denounce all habits that keep you from being clean. Get rid of self. 
Someone once said, a person wrapped in himself makes a very small package. Amen. The Hebrew word Satan means adversary. He is definitely your adversary and does not love you at all, for he doesn't even know what love truly is. If he did, he would have never went against God, the creator. Amen. Zechariah chapter 3 tells us that Satan was standing on the right hand of God. The right hand is, um, it signifies power, authority, and exaltation. As I told you a couple Sundays ago, amen, the right hand of God is power. If you remember, I was telling you that when you anoint somebody, I like to anoint them with my right hand. Even though the Bible says lay hands on people, we know, but I like to use my right hand because it is a hand of power, signal of power. The Bible says that Christ sits on the right hand of God. Amen. And you can see that in Colossians 3, 1, Acts 2, 33, and Hebrews 1, 3, and Hebrews 12, 2. Isn't it just like Satan to try to take our Christ's place? Actually, what is he doing on the right hand side? You know, when I read that first thing, I thought, I said, what is he doing on the right hand side of God anyway? (laughs) You know, like he really has power when it is us that has the power. He's always trying to take our place. This proves to us that Satan goes to God, to the courts of the Most High, and brings up cases about us that are actually true. He's trying to prove to God that we are not worthy to serve him like he has nerve. Amen. We know our end. I hope you're all saved because I know my end. I know how it's going. I'm not worried. If I live, good. If I die, good, because I'm going to go be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Revelation 12, 10. It says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser, quote unquote, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their te- Don't be afraid to testify, y'all. And they loved not their lives unto death. Have you noticed lately that, um, uh, I gotta watch my time here, but have you noticed lately that a lot of Christians seem like they're afraid to testify, you know, like they're hiding? What, what do you have to hide? If you say that you're a new man, okay, you're, you're renewed, okay, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by, by Jesus, what he did to work on a cross, what are you, why are you afraid to let other folks know what you experienced in life, so to speak? Okay, I know it takes everybody time, so that somebody who is not as strong as you will be delivered of that problem. Have you noticed that people don't seem, and the people who do testify get called big mouths and they get talked about and people don't trust them and everything else because they told something about in their life trying to help somebody else. Amen? Amen. The spirit of evil wants to destroy each birth of good in our world. Okay? And that's one of the ways he does it. He stopped people from testifying. Their own minds are telling them that. As soon as Mary had given birth to our Lord, Herod sought to destroy him. And this is characteristic of all the ages, that God's care is always at hand to deliver his own. He has has, um, prepared places where he hides those who trust in him. 
See, God has, no matter what you're going through, God has a place for you. You may have already gotten it by now, or you might be uh, getting it, okay? It might not have come to you yet, but God has a prepared place for you, full of peace. And he has it, okay, where he hides those who trust in him. No matter where you're at, in the midst of your troubles, there is a place where Jesus comes in and comforts you. The Holy Spirit comforts you and keeps your mind stayed on God. Amen? I know. Amen? I know. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. God is good. He keeps them in a secret of his pavilion from the strife of men. Sin has brought conflict, not on our earth only, but throughout the universe. But from the heavenly places, it has been driven. And the last stand is made on our earth. On earth, right here where we are now. Is it not possible that the awful war which has desolated mankind may be one of the last phases of this age-long conflict? There is but one talisman of victory. We overcame, okay, we overcome only in so far as we take shelter in the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, and weld, okay, as our weapon. The word of God. That's why I always say turn your swords to. This morning, I'm going to discuss blank, blank. Turn your swords to. The Bible is your sword. And as I always say, cut some coming and cut some going. Amen. And when somebody argues with you, you know, we're not supposed to argue over the word. When somebody argues with them, with you, hit them back with the word. You will not be wrong. Amen. Sometimes we get in trouble arguing with people because we that flesh steps in. We want to be right. I just want God to be right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If I was that right, I wouldn't have had to go through so much mess that I had to go through in all my life. Amen. Hallelujah. As darkness cannot resist the light, evil cannot exist before the witness of the church and the child of God. If only we care more for the honor and glory. Amen. When we say that we're serving God, we better be righteous, actually righteous, because um, that gives Satan the legal right to accuse us if we're wrong. Satan works on our weaknesses. The best part of this whole chapter is where God tells Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire, meaning chosen by the Most High? And God's telling me that, uh, telling him that, uh, Satan that, actually about you today. <clears throat> You are a brand plucked out of the fire. Amen. God had to remind Satan to get in his own proper lane and stay out of his. We should have righteous indignation, which is righteous anger, as God did against the enemy, not people. (laughs) Amen. It means that we are angry for God. Sin in our lives also gives Satan a legal right to bring us before God. I'll say it again. Sin in our lives also gives Satan a legal right to bring us before God. So what are you allowing him to present to the Father? Amen. 
It's something to think about. What are you allowing him to present to the Father? This is one of the reasons that I truly personally believe that we should ask God to forgive us if we feel some type of condemnation in our hearts. You don't have to keep sinning in your life and telling people that you're covered by God's grace because that's not how it goes. People shouldn't do that. Amen. Some people get saved and they say, well, I'm covered by grace. I can do anything I want. No, you can't. Okay. Even even the apostle Paul said, do I continue to sin because of God's grace that will abound? And then he answers his own self and says, no. Look at Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Romans 6.1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Okay, this he's asking. Do do you just keep sinning because of God's grace? God's grace exists. Satan uses mental guilt and spiritual condemnation to make believers feel inadequate and failure-ridden, thus hindering confidence in prayer and blocking understanding of God's willingness to answer prayer. See 1 John 3, verses 20 and 21. You can write that down, some of you. First John 3, uh, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. If your heart condemns you and tells you that what you are doing is wrong, stop doing that thing. Amen. Stop doing it. First John 3, 20 and 21 says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Once Satan called himself bringing Joshua's fault to Yahweh, Yahweh in turn told his servants to clean Joshua up and bring proper ministry garments. God had to put the enemy in his place just as we should as well. In verse 5, it says that God put the mitre upon Joshua's head. The mitre was a priest, high priest's golden crown, actually, which was engraved with the words holiness to the Lord. On the front, this was to be worn by only the high priest of which we are. You are a, look, I'm going to say this to you every Sunday, every time I see you, talk to you, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're not from the ghetto hood. You are priesthood. The enemy that tries to come up against you and mess up your life and try to take your mind away from Jesus, that's ghetto hood, honey. You are royal priesthood. Amen. You are a holy nation. Royalty does not dress inappropriately. I try not to, especially in public where I represent God's kingdom. I don't even dress crazy at home in privacy. Okay. (laughs) You know, Joshua was then given a serious charge Underline serious charge to follow fully the Lord's instructions for the priesthood in verse 7. This narrative reveals how Satan will attempt to disrupt the most sacred moments in God's house by bringing accusations against the ministers about their past failures or some form of uncleanness, underline that, that may have stained their garments of righteousness. He keeps a record of wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't that song? We used to sing a song in Sunday school. Love keeps no record of wrong. Guess who does? Satan keeps a record of wrong. Amen. The good news is 
We can cleanse our garments in the blood of the Lamb and stand justified in the house of the Lord. As the song says, Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Even in the situation, God forgave Joshua's iniquities. There was nothing else that the enemy could do. He got one, told off, and two, Joshua was forgiven of his iniquities and changed. God changed him. God changed that situation around so Satan couldn't use it. Oh, Lord, that's a word for somebody. God is going to change your situation around so that Satan won't even be able to bring it back up again. Amen. That I felt it. That, that goes out to one of y'all listening, or maybe more than one. I don't know. But God bless you. Hallelujah. God made sure to tell Joshua to walk in his ways and keep his charge. As he says, and then he will judge his house and will keep God's courts. And he says, I will give the places to walk among these that stand by. And he tells him that he is in the same category as his son, a royal priesthood, Jesus, Yeshua Hamashiach, the Christ. Hallelujah. And some people say Yahushua. You know, some say the Y-E-H-U and some say the Y-E-S-H-U. Amen. Hallelujah. This also corrects Satan who kept choosing to stand at God's right hand. He even describes Jesus to Joshua as, I like this, the stone that had seven eyes. I had to look that up. (laughs) You know, the stone that had seven eyes. When you look at chapter four, verse 10, it describes the seven eyes. Amen. It says, for who is despised the day of for who is despised the day of small things for they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with the seven and it goes on to say they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth this describes the divine vision the searcher and gladness you have the same offer to do good for the Lord you have If you're saved, amen, you have the stone with the seven eyes with you that run to and fro through the whole earth. He sees it all. God sees everything. You are the righteousness of God if you are saved. Are you saved? Amen. Now's the time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior with all that's going on in the world. You need a good friend. Jesus can be that special friend if you allow him into your life. He's your helper and his Holy Spirit is your comforter. Hallelujah. And I thank him so much for it. If you're not saved, just repeat these words. Okay. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I am so sorry, Lord. I believe that you died on the cross and rose three days later from the dead just for me. And I accept what you've done. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you and amen. And that's it. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Now go find a Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church and learn of him. It's never too late to learn of him. Your new life starts now. Everything that you did before this moment is gone. The Bible says (laughs) that God throws it as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. Angels are rejoicing in heaven over you right now. Now go live, go laugh, and go love. And I'll leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hallelujah. Peace. Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. The God of peace. Amen. Thank you for coming on today. And I pray that your week goes by victoriously. Hallelujah. Reverend Estee signing off. God bless you and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Amen.